process. Hello, hello, hello. This is Robert. I am the recovery guy. And uh, if this is Monday, this must be the fix. I am so excited to be coming to you. Uh, I've been chomping at the bit the last few days. Uh, I knew uh, JJ Juan Jimenez, my incredible podcast engineer, was going to be coming by Podcast Studios, and we were going to be laying down a couple tracks, uh, obviously one of which is The Fix, right? And so I knew what I was going to talk about, and I sort of felt empowered in advance because I'd love today's topic. Today's topic of The Fix is, can we choose? Can we choose? You know, here's what I love about it. Are you ready? There was a time where choices were made for me. Do you you remember those days? Remember those times where alcohol and drugs and all the other behaviors we were involved in and we were sinking deeper and deeper and deeper and all of those events and those substances were making choices for us. And then we enter into recovery and we begin giving up power that was killing us and exchanging it for power that was going to give us life. And we began to take the choice back instead of those circumstances and those substances choosing for me. I began choosing for me people that I knew in the program of recovery were helping me understand what choices I could make. So can we choose? And the answer is Yes, we can. And we're going to talk about how we make those choices and and some of the things that we need to understand along the way. But if you know me a little bit, you know I love definitions. So when I Google the word choose, here's what I come up with. To pick out or select something or someone as being the best or most appropriate of two or more alternatives. Again, to pick out or select someone or something as being the best or most appropriate of two or more choices. Then it also says, decide on a course of action, typically after rejecting alternatives. So before I go any further, I do need to enlist you, please, on all the major channels, whatever you listen to me on, would you subscribe? Would you leave a comment so we know how we're doing, and it also helps promote this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So thank you again for that. Here's what I love about the definition of choose. Typically, after rejecting alternatives, one of the things that we understand about step one in recovery, and regardless of what recovery program you're under or the path you're taking, most everyone always likes us to get a great idea or sense of where we had fallen to so we know what that looks like. So we understand what all of those alternatives to recovery were. So now we choose recovery because we're rejecting everything else that we had previously done for a new path we selected moving forward. And it is the best or most appropriate of the alternatives. So let's get into that today. One of the 
incredible things that that I have learned along the way of this thing called recovery. For me, it's understanding alcoholism. Uh, when I was 39 years old, I was a re-entry student uh, back in college. Uh, as some of you know, I was a high school dropout. I dropped out on my 18th birthday so I could drink and use without any restriction whatsoever. And I was already moving into that chronic stage of addiction, even at 18 years old. And by some miraculous miracle, I ended up going into treatment when I was 32 years old. How I lasted those 14 years is is a miracle in and of itself, let alone the miracle of my recovery. Some of the things that I've learned along the way through my plan of recovery, for me, it was Alcoholics Anonymous and the first 164 pages. For you, it may have been something else, but again, that's not relevant. What's relevant is we are recovering and we can agree on the principles of recovery. But here's what alcoholism is. It is a disease that is twofold. And for some of you, this may be new. Some of you need to dust it off a little bit to be reminded. And for some of you, you've heard it before, and we're just going to reestablish it as part of your thinking. Uh, But the disease of alcoholism is twofold. First of all, it is a mental obsession, and it's coupled with a physical allergy. Now, the physical allergy is stamped in my DNA. Right? And that is why I can never safely consume any alcohol on any level, and that goes for drugs as well. The risk is too high because the physical allergy sets in motion what is called a phenomena of craving. And when that occurs, just like that, I'm back to ripping and running, and for many of us, we never return. I was very fortunate that I was able to come back after my relapse. I was clean and sober 72 days, and I thought I could do it on my own. You know, I've said before, I'll say it again, there's nothing more dangerous than an alcoholic, uh, an addicted person with a little physical sobriety who's playing uh, buffet, picking and choosing with the principles of recovery. That is a terrible combination and very often leads into the demise of that individual. So some of us never return. I am blessed that I did. And 33 and a half years later, I have not left. And as of my mindset today, I will never leave. But here's the deal. The the whole idea of the mental obsession and the physical allergy is this. When I recover from the mental obsession, the allergy is no longer a concern. Taking care of one deactivates the other. Here's what Tom Bennett, um, who since passed away back in the the early 90s, and and what a great man and help he was. He was one of the first treatment counselors I met at the Nevada Treatment Center back in 1986. And, And Tom said that if we take care of the mental obsession, and we're gonna discuss that a little bit more in depth later as far as can we choose, Tom said, if I take care of the mental obsession, then the physical allergy is never an issue, right? He said, it is absolutely impossible for me to get drunk if I don't take that first drink, right? And because it is that first drink that would get me drunk. And we've all heard that before. And I, and I thought, well, no, no, it takes me a fifth. It takes me 
you know, a case. It takes me this. It takes me that. I'm starting to name all those things as, you know, as if a point of pride, it made me better because I could hold more liquor, right? No, that just made me a more progressed alcoholic. So I remember uh, you've heard the story of Russian Ted. Ted also told me one day, he said, you know, Robert, here's the deal. If a 50 car train was on the tracks and it hit you and killed you, how much do you think the caboose had to do with your death? Are you ready? You picture it? Here's a train track. I'm on it. A 50-car train is coming down the track. The engine hits me. How much did the caboose have to do with killing me? Well, caboose had nothing to do with me. And, And when Ted said that and I answered his question, the light went on. It is that first drink that gets me drunk, regardless of my blood alcohol level or regardless of what I think it does to me. Because once I take that first drink and that phenomenon of craving occurs, then I'm off to the races, right? So the ability to choose is so vital to our recovery. So I don't choose to take the first drink so the physical allergy is not, uh, is not a consideration. Uh, Dr. Silkworth points this out uh, in the doctor's opinion of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, the doctor writes, after describing a particular person who um, was, a, was a chronic alcoholic, and I quote, on the other hand, And strange as it may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules." Wow. Did that blow you away the way it still blows me away to this day? Again, the very same person, that was you and me. We seemed doomed. Do you remember when we had so many problems? We were just like in the deep end of the pool of problems and 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 we despaired. Bill calls it incomprehensible demoralization. We never thought we could come out from them. He says, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. He's saying, I can choose. If I'm easily able to control, that means I have a choice, right? I love how this all works together. Now, let's get to some great content here today. And I'm going to be reading things that I've learned along the way and just sort of commenting as we go. And whether or not you're a member of AA or another program, uh, you know, I'm not a member of, um, of any Buddhist religion or an Eastern philosophy, but I pick up uh, like Richard Bach, right? Jonathan Livingston Seagull. I love those things. So I try to find different things from different areas that can sort of add to my picture or, or fill in the blanks or fill in the color of things that I'm looking for. And so I try to use a lot of different sources, whether it's inside my 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 practical um, approach to spirituality or not. Some things that are outside of that normal thought for me are still contributing factors to my health and my wellness. And I and I and I hope you find this too. Uh, one of the things that profoundly Bill said was that 
contempt prior to investigation is a bar against all information and leads to everlasting ignorance. And I don't want to be ignorant. I, I want to know what's out there so I can decide whether or not it's for me. There's this book that I was introduced to, and it's and it's called As Bill Sees It. And you can find this on on Amazon, a bookstore, you know, at uh, um, at various uh, Alano clubs. You can order it online through um, AA. Um, here's the deal: As Bill Sees It, the subtitle is the AA way of life. And just let's take out the AA. Let's just say way of life. This is a way of living that demands rigorous honesty. As you are familiar with different steps of of recovery, for most of those steps, the only time they, they mention the addiction or the substance is in step one. Because the programs of recovery really aren't designed to teach me how not to drink or use or engage in other negative behavior. They're designed to introduce me to a power greater than myself through the steps and through uncovering who I was and compared to who I'm able to be as I incorporate different ideas and concepts into my thinking and to my living. Based on that, I don't want to drink or use anymore. So I'm moving into making a choice almost immediately, and I begin making better choices, rejecting the alternatives. Here's what, here's what Bill says in one of his writings. He talks about a personality change, right? Because before I can change my thinking, I have to undergo a personality change. Or as Stephen Covey, as I've mentioned before in my Paradigms episode, I have to... Uh, change my paradigm. I have to change my mental map. So here's what Bill says. He said, it has often been said of AA that we are interested only on alcoholism. That is not true. We have to get over our drinking in order to stay alive. But anyone who knows the alcoholic personality by firsthand contact knows that no true alky ever stops drinking permanently without undergoing a profound personality change. So we have to, you know, undergo this process to stay sober, to enter into that thing called sobriety, recovery, at the end of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and there, there's this thing called the appendix. And they use a term, and I'll just quote this to you. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change, are you ready for this? The personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. That is why my my version may not be your version or their version may not be my version, right? Or your version may not be their version because it manifests itself among us in different forms. And I believe that's because 
in some levels were so identical, but then there's a tweak here and a tweak there that may be different for you or me or for someone else that requires it to be delivered or manifested in a different form, but it still has to be manifested. We have to undergo a spiritual experience, a spiritual awakening that if we're going to have this personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, this has to occur. I have to set aside what I thought I knew in favor of what I need to learn. Bill goes on and says, we thought conditions drove us to drink. And when we tried to correct those conditions and found that we could not do so to our entire satisfaction, our drinking went out of hand and we became alcoholics. It never occurred to us that we needed to change ourselves to meet conditions, whatever they were. And I love that because I often talk about an inside-out approach to recovery. Stephen Covey calls it an inside-out approach to to quality and change as, as the, as the change movement, as the quality movement would, would dictate and require. So an inside out, I used to think if, if other people outside of me began to view me differently, or they would do different things or say different things or allow me different things, and I would be okay, but they made all the accommodations they possibly could. And I got worse and worse and worse and worse and hit a bottom that made it necessary for me to go into treatment. And I think we all sort of get there as well. Remember how we tried to manipulate and control and change the outside conditions to, to, to fix the inside of us? Well, it doesn't work that way. I have to meet conditions on the inside of me that are more consistent with the outside of me. Once I make those internal changes those conditional changes and began to make better choices from the inside out, the conditions outside began to change all on their own or they went away where it did not matter. Bill goes on to say that we must never be blinded by the empty idea that we are just hapless victims of our inheritance, of our life experience and of our surroundings that these are the sole forces that make our decisions for us. This is not the road to freedom. We have to believe that we can really choose. Boom. Does that blow you away? Like to this day, it still blows me away. And I've probably read this for the first time 32 years ago. Listen to me. I used to think that it was my dad's fault because of a deformancy in his 11th chromosome that caused me to become alcoholic. I'm not a hapless victim of my DNA inheritance. We grew up poor. My dad was alcoholic and my mom was a a codependent by definition in all of her actions. And because I grew up poor, I didn't have things and my life experience was rather negative. And where I grew up was in a very poor neighborhood. You know, I wanted to think that those were the reasons that caused me to become the addicted person I had, that they had some power over me that until they changed, they were going to make decisions for me. And that helped keep me in the bondage that my addiction kept me in. I had to come to believe that I could choose. You know, as as an active addict, 
I lost my ability to choose whether I would use. And that's another quote by Bill. I paraphrase a little, but it's the same thing. We were the victims of a compulsion which seems to mandate that we must go on with our own destruction. You know, we had to come to a place where we could finally make a choice that brought about recovery. The quote goes on, we came to believe that alone we were powerless over our addiction. This was surely a choice and a most difficult one. We came to believe that a higher power could restore us to sanity when we became willing to practice recovery's 12 steps. Where are you at with all of this? Are you tired of of substances, of external forces making choices for you that cause you to be in the bondage that you're in? Or are you sober and clean just because you're not using or eating too much or, or gambling or whatever your condition is, but the rest of your life is still in shambles? Well, the likelihood is if, if, if you don't do something to begin changing the outside of your surrounding, your circumstances by making internal changes, the likelihood is you are going to relapse because you're not going to stay in pain for very long before you seek that artificial substance, that relief that you went back to over and over and over again. We have to become willing to make choices, even though they're difficult choices. We have to make them, because if we don't, we will relapse. And for so many of us, to relapse is to die. Today is the day to become willing. During this program of The Fix on this Monday, make the choice to become willing. To not make this choice today would would, would mean that we are needlessly suffering and not carrying a message of recovery and hope to others. Why go through the challenge of removing the substance from us, the behavior from us, if we're not going to do anything else about it? And Bill ends on this. He says, I must ask myself this question. If today is not the day, and right now not the time, then when? When are we going to decide that we can choose? That we can look at the alternatives and say, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. And we point to the inside, to that power greater to ourselves and say, I choose this. I feel so powerful, not because of who I am, but because what I can do. And what I can do is choose. Can we choose? Hell yes, we can choose. And we choose and we choose and we choose and we make better choices along the way. And all of a sudden, many of those choices become automatic. We don't even need to think whether or not we're going to drink, whether we're going to use, whether we're going to engage in healthy behaviors or have a positive response to an otherwise negative decision. We almost get on automatic pilot as we go through our day and we work through the steps and we work with others and we gain more power. 
This is where we can be. And this is what the Recovery Guy podcast is all about. I want us to take the best of who we are and combine it together to create this unstoppable, all-powerful force that can help addicts and others just like us when we got here to overcome the greatest obsession of their life, which is not being able to choose and decide that we can and show others how they can choose also. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being a part of Recovery Guy Podcast. And again, all the major channels, go listen, share, leave comments, subscribe. Look for me on Instagram, recovery underscore guy. Reach out, comment. Let me know how I can best understand you so we can help each other. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you next Monday and also on Thursday, The Checkup. This is Robert. I'm The Recovery Guy. Have a great rest of your day. I was trying to do...